Chapter One of Historical Romance of the American Negro. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Historical Romance of the American Negro by Charles Fowler. Though this is the year of grace, just forty-seven years after the date when my adventurous story begins my recollections of that bright morning in may eighteen fifty five when i arose and at once bound broke loose from slavery are as vivid as the lightning's flash a still tongue makes a wise head and so i held my tongue and bided my time until i made at last that successful spring and never do I behold the glorious sun rising over the hills and forests, but the joyous recollection of that Wednesday morning in May comes back to me like the rebounding reaction of the bow that is unbent. I was born in the state of Kentucky, a few miles below Louisville, where my father's mansion stood on one of those sloping hills that faced the river Ohio, which the French named with justice the beautiful river that mansion with all its splendid surroundings belonged to my father and owner a white man named lemuel jackson but my own mother a woman of uncommon beauty belonged to the colored race my mother for some cause or other was sold down the river in new orleans in the year eighteen fifty three when i was but fifteen years of age I never got over that sudden separation, and I at once formed my own resolutions, of which I said nothing. As my father was a rich man, who indulged me in many ways, and appeared to love me, and as I often had occasion to accompany him and Mrs. Jackson, or some of the other members of the family, to Louisville, he seldom refused to give me the cash I asked for, which I now began to carefully put away in a secret place, only known to the Lord and myself. Two eventful years had passed away. I had by this time discovered the whereabouts of my mother, Harriet, in New Orleans, and my hopes of meeting her again grew stronger every day as... The time approached for me to kick off the detested chains of slavery. For the coming of this happy deliverance, I prayed to my good Lord both day and night. At last that day dawned upon me, the springtime of all my joys. The Lord heard my prayers, and he cleared the way to freedom. There was to be a big church gathering at Louisville, and the first session of that great time was to be on wednesday morning the first wednesday in the month as i very well remember indeed the bishop and his wife who were invited guests to our house had arrived the day before they were to spend the night with us and all things breathed religion and excitement over the events of the morrow and the rest of the week to come among the inmates of the house was one tom whom i was accustomed to call tom lincoln a tall splendid young man a shade darker in complexion than myself and like myself a slave tom was now twenty-seven years old he had been casting sheep's eyes at me for several years past but who could think of marriage whilst in a state of slavery 
therefore i gave him no encouragement but as he was thoroughly reliable i said to him one day in strict confidence and in the most significant manner possible i will talk to you about that when we are free well in a state of slavery it is a mockery to profane the names of love courtship and marriage i will never so help me god be married in the house of bondage tom lincoln was a clever fellow a general factotum and acquainted with everything about the house he was always relied on and the great house as it was called would be left in his charge while the family and the upper servants attended the gathering at louisville soon after the bishop and his wife arrived i called tom aside and laid before him my whole plan which had been well formed for some time past in my mind capital said he slapping his knee with his big hand capital indeed strike when the iron is hot and kill chickens when they are fat but beulah will you marry me then yes with pleasure when we are free from the chains of slavery when i gave tom that answer his eyes flashed bright as the stars on a frosty night and mine no doubt flashed back in reflected lustre all right said he and then after some thought he added get your trunk ready by ten o'clock to-morrow morning as all things will be in readiness by that time beulah i will be a bondman no longer just think of it twenty-seven years old and a slave that's right tom stick to it mines are never to be sold stick to it was my instant reply with immediate freedom and all its joys before him the brave tom did not let much grass grow under his feet we kept a boat near the house and although not an expert oarsman he knew enough to handle it when called upon in the darkness and silence of tuesday night he slipped over to the other side of the stream then made his way for a mile or two down the indiana side where he ran the boat up a creek near which stood a little cabin in which some acquaintances of his lived he confided his secret to his friends and as the man of the house kept a horse and wagon the latter consented to convey our trunks to the house of a mutual friend in new albany next morning then leaving this cabin and the boat tied up in the creek tom made his way to new albany on foot where his mission was also successful with these preliminary preparations he returned to the great house in safety and it was never known that he had so much as been out of his own room of course there was some risk to run but who would not dare all for freedom as for that anxious tuesday night my excitement was such that i never slept a wink i thought much of a similarly planned and quite successful dash for freedom that took place shortly before this near our place a girl of fifteen and her brother twelve years of age were left alone one day to take care of the house while all the white people had gone away they never suspected anything so unusual from a girl of fifteen especially as she was mild and quiet but after they had gone muriel called her brother willie and said willie do you see that boat we are nothing but slaves and yonder across the river lies indiana a free state master keeps money in the bureau and i will burst it open and take what will carry you and me on the train to a place of safety and freedom let us take clothes along with us and whatever we need this is no robbery it belongs to us by right for slavery is nothing but a system of robbery anyhow so muriel and willie crossed the ohio river in the open day 
walked to the nearest railway station, took a train for the north, and speedily arrived in a land where they were slaves no longer. The longest night comes to an end, and the morning of that never-to-be-forgotten Wednesday in May brought lovely weather, lots of fine prayers from the bishop, and an immense show of devotion from Mrs. Jackson, the woman who caused my precious mother to be sent down to New Orleans. There was a grand breakfast at the big house, and as usual, I figured like a flower girl at a wedding. I did my best to keep down my excitement, but indeed it would never have been noticed that morning. Such was the stir on the account of our visitors and the coming glorious gathering of the saints at Louisville. Horses and carriages and all the rest of our rich display soon hove in sight, and in due time the coast was clear for Tom and me to strike for freedom. We packed two large leather trunks that had long done service on the steamboats and railways of the sunny south. We had clothing enough to put us through for a long time to come, both summer and winter. Tom, being a big and powerful man, soon carried the trunks down to the boat without exciting any undue suspicion among the few old folks and children about the house. It was wonderful, under the circumstances, to see him so cool and circumspect. Tom heaped up some sacking and other things upon the trunks to give the whole the appearance of a trading skiff, and as the wind was blowing in the right direction, he put up a little sail. To still further avoid unwelcome attentions, I insisted on lying flat on the bottom of the boat, and being covered with sacking, the fugitive slave law was enforced now, and the sleuth-hounds of slavery might be upon our trail." At last the boat was cast loose and headed for a little ways down the Kentucky shore. Then my adventurous pilot crossed to the Indiana side and concealed our little craft behind a string of barges floating down the Ohio. Several steamboats came puffing and blowing up the stream, and so amid the general turmoil and confusion we slipped into the little creek, ran our boat under the bushes and in a short time, had our trunks and belongings safe inside the cabin of our friends. O oh, praise ye the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. We had completed our first step towards liberty. Our good friend next got out of his horse and wagon, our trunks, and things were speedily flung in and he took his way alone for new albany after i had made many promises to write and given a thousand thanks i started for the place of meeting and my gallant tom brought up the rear at a safe distance of course we were now in a free state but kentucky still lay in full view of us one by one we arrived at the appointed number and street in new albany and here we dressed for the immediate journey by rail Having blessed one another and made many promises to write to these friends also, we hurriedly betook ourselves to the station. Tom marched up to the ticket office. Two tickets were quickly secured, and at last the supreme moment of happiness arrived when we took our seats for the far-famed city of Cincinnati. I have seen many horses in my time, and mules like the sands of the sea in my native state of Kentucky, but the nicest, dearest, most lamb-like and sweetest horse i ever saw in all my life was that strong iron horse named steam engine that stood ready in the station waiting for the command to start we were now in the carriage it was just twelve o'clock and the glorious free sun shone down upon us the train began to move and when it did so i felt as though i would faint for very joy i don't believe that tom was any better than myself the transition from slavery to happiness came with such a rush. 
but then i was only a sensitive young woman of seventeen whereas tom was an experienced man ten years my senior and in appearance at least he managed to bear things with more composure than did i as our train rushed along through the beautiful land all adorned with the thousand beauties of the pleasant month of may all things looked to me like consecutive scenes in a new paradise as when we look through rose-coloured glasses all things are coloured like the rose the winds played the sun shone brightly and all nature's face was gay and as our mighty iron steed sped along in his vigour tom and i talked but little the time for talking would come another day never fear in truth we were too happy to talk the afternoon wore on and we crossed the indiana state line and entered ohio the sight of which gave our eyes the most unbounded pleasure on on sped our devoted iron horse until at last he came to the end of his race in the beautiful city of cincinnati when we two fugitives from the land of slavery stepped on the platform here all safe and sound we were reminded of a ship entering after many risks in the voyages of life the port of heaven with all sails spread and never an injured plank i looked across the beautiful river and beheld the hills of my native state coming down to the water's edge and laving their feet in the cooling waves an immense traffic was rolling down 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 to the mississippi and the gulf states and everything was hum and bustle thus i stood musing at the top of one of the steep streets that run down to the ohio river while tom nearby entered into some serious conversation with a gentleman at last he came back to me and said beulah let us go this way after walking for some time we found the right address the home of the reverend john robinson a minister of the a m e church in the most polite manner possible we were asked in and invited into the parlour mr robinson a jolly fat-faced pleasant-looking reverend was on hand at once tom told him the main points of our history in a few minutes and finished by requesting him to marry us any time that night when the question arose as to whether the marriage should be performed in private or public i insisted on it being done as publicly as possible and that a newspaper reporter should be called in too now as good luck would have it there was to be a great gathering at the methodist church that night so it was decided that the wedding should take place an hour after the meeting commenced mrs robinson and the entire family were now called into the parlour when we were all introduced to one another and there was a mighty season of rejoicing tea was prepared and we adjourned to the dining-room in the meantime some of the friends and neighbours were sent for a reporter was notified and the news of our safe arrival and prospective marriage spread like wildfire throughout the good city of cincinnati the ladies both white and coloured were tremendously interested in my case they lavished attentions upon me and caressed me to such an extent that i was afraid i would faint in due time however we took up our grand march to the church and here i will give the account of our wedding as it appeared next morning in the cincinnati news wedding at the a m e church last night we were called in to witness a happy wedding which reminded us of that of jacob and rachel the contracting parties were mr thomas lincoln and miss beulah jackson this thomas lincoln aged twenty-seven a fine tall young man was formerly the house steward and general factotum of lemuel jackson esquire of riverside hall 
below louisville kentucky the beautiful seventeen-year-old bride is the daughter of mr jackson himself by one harriet a slave woman of many graces whom mrs jackson two years ago through jealousy caused to be sold to new orleans miss beulah was indeed a bride adorned for her husband and the ladies and her duly arrayed in orange blossoms and the regulation wedding costume the flower girl of riverside hall as she has been often called it seems carried the beautiful bouquet the church was filled to suffocation and the interest in the ceremony was intense after the knot was tied a gentleman advanced to the front placed a five-dollar bill on the table and called for a wedding present for these two ex-slaves from the state of kentucky the call was readily responded to and a good sum was contributed the young couple passed the night at the home of the rev mr robinson who performed the ceremony they leave this morning for columbus ohio and points beyond lincoln stated that he could have left kentucky at almost any time but remained until he could find an opportunity to assist in the escape of the girl as the immense assemblage at the a m e church looked upon this splendid couple all hearts were filled with compassion to think that the south should call such men and women goods and chattels it was the outspoken opinion that a day of reckoning is coming a day of war a holy war sent by god himself that will end this system of robbery and oppression i bought several copies of the paper that contained the account of our wedding and posted one to riverside hall one to our friends at new albany and another to our benefactors in the little cabin by the creek next morning at breakfast the fun was delightful and i was obliged to laugh when mrs robinson called me the flower girl of riverside hall breakfast over our host and hostess insisted on accompanying us to the station to see us off and here we took leave of our kind friends whom we felt that we could never thank enough as we steamed away for columbus all things were still new and delightful and i never tired of beholding the fair face of nature as our train wound along the banks of the little miami i was immensely pleased with the beautiful state of ohio its fine churches along the way its fair and fertile farms and all its magnificent forest-clad hills in due time we arrived at columbus the state capital and were much impressed with the beauty of the sweet little city we continued our journey on through ohio until we crossed into pennsylvania by the shores of lake erie that flowed away towards canada like a little inland sea thus we continued on to buffalo new york where we left the train here we determined to settle down at least for some time for a few days we put up at a friend's house for we were both very much fatigued indeed with our long journey and its incidental bustle and confusion i was only seventeen years old at this time the most romantic age of a woman's life or rather she is standing on the borderland with girlhood just behind her and all the joys of womanhood and matrimony just before anticipation invests all things with the glories of the rainbow it is certainly a good time to get married for then a girl's nature is soft and pliable and she has had neither time nor opportunity to become possessed of cast-iron ways of her own during the few days that we were resting ourselves we became acquainted with a few most worthy colored families who belonged to the a m e church on vine street as good and loving a congregation as i have found up to this year god bless that loving flock 
just at this time tom and i had a good deal of conversation about it, my writing a letter to my father at riverside hall if it was to be done at all it had better be done soon lest the door between us be permanently closed had my father done the right thing he would have married my mother harriet she was ten times more amiable and ladylike than mrs jackson a woman whom he married for fashion's sake but he never did or could love her as he did my mother or even myself it was the identical case of rachel and joseph over again if all the rest had died and harriet and beulah had remained alive it would have been all right to him thus were there two wives in the same house rachel and leah once more the one was loved and the other hated so it came to pass that through jealousy that raged in her heart mrs jackson had my beloved mother sold down the river to new orleans i ran no risk in writing to lemuel jackson as every one at riverside opened his own letters so we decided that i should write home in a week or two when we were settled down to practical housekeeping and besides all that the old gentleman liked a good letter and i knew mine would be doubly welcome it is very true that the fugitive slave bill was on the statute books of congress but that bill was practically a dead letter and it was now only one chance in ten thousand that any one would attempt to come after us all the way to buffalo it is quite true that immediately after the passage of that infamous bill there were several fugitive slaves caught close to the border and carried back to slavery but the true spirit of the north arose against such southern barbarism and after a few slave hunters had been shot the south ceased to send her couriers even to the borderland but remained at home nursing her sullen wrath cursing the underground railroad and all christian abolitionism and flaunting her off-repeated threat in the face of the nation that unless she could have her own way in the union she would have it out of it we did not consider therefore that we had any risk to run in settling down here in buffalo or even in writing to my father and giving him our street address mrs jackson would have no doubt been capable of setting the man-hunters on our track but father though a rich man would never have made the outlay of money necessary besides it would have exposed his shame and disgrace in the meantime then we rented a small and cosy cottage not far from the sweet little church on vine street furnished it cheaply but comfortably and at the appointed time we invited the pastor of the church and his good wife to come and spend the evening and take tea that the lord might bless us in our happy home after we had been settled in buffalo about a month i wrote the following letter to my father which he duly received lemuel jackson esq riverside hall kentucky my dear father with great pleasure i take my pen in hand to write you a few lines it is but natural that your daughter should take a delight in writing to you and we have lived too long under the same roof for me not to know that you will be glad to receive a letter from me i can never forget you my own dear father i have great pleasure in informing you that tom is a very thoughtful considerate and loving husband and is most indulgent and kind to your own dear beulah if i had searched the whole united states i don't believe that i could ever have found a better man than tom he promised to be good to me when we were married in cincinnati and i believe he always will the first thing we did after we had furnished our cosy little cottage and settled down was to join the sweet little a m e church on vine street we desired to have the approbation of the almighty upon ourselves and on our works and ways therefore we joined the church of god first of all i do believe that if people would always put god first they would have more luck 
i don't know how it is but the people of buffalo both white and colored have taken a very great liking indeed to tom and myself from the very first hour when we left the train here and set our wandering feet within the queen city of the lakes the sweet ladies of buffalo have been here to see me in numbers and i also have been to their homes where i am received as a daughter or a younger sister indeed my lines have fallen in pleasant places and i cannot but believe that the good lord sent us to buffalo we have been over on a visit to canada which lies across the niagara river for the city of buffalo as you are aware lies at the foot of lake erie just where it enters the niagara river there is a settlement of colored people at st catharines in canada only a few miles back from the river and tom and i were greatly interested in them they all fled from slavery in the south and many of them have come up on the rough side of the mountain i can assure you when tom and i saw the marks of their horrible treatment we praised the lord that our own cases had been so mild and bearable at riverside hall we consider that we are lucky in coming here at this delightful season of the year for the pleasant month of may seems to surpass all the other months of the year for sweetness and flowers all around lake erie and the niagara river both in canada and the state of new york the fair face of nature is just blooming all the woods are dressed in their mantle of green the countless birds sing among the branches and all things hereabout clearly shows that the selfsame god that has adorned the state of kentucky has done as much in these parts i'm not aware whether you have ever visited niagara falls or not as i have never heard you say but whether or not it is a most wonderful place and one well worth the trouble of coming even from the ends of the earth to see it is well for buffalo and all the towns and villages that lie around about this river that they are so located that is so near the falls because there is always a great tide of people coming here from every land beneath the sun almost and these same people seem never never to grow weary of one of the most stupendous works that the great creator has made after we had settled down at home here and before tom went to work as house steward in one of the first mansions on delaware avenue the leading avenue for private residences in buffalo we took a special day and went to see niagara falls as we had read and heard so much of these celebrated falls i might almost say since the time we were born we were both in a state of great excitement on the morning of this expedition really my dear papa there are some things that we really never never can forget there were hundreds on the early morning train with us almost all strangers and all in a state of highest excitement we soon drew out of the railway station and left the city behind now we were on the bank of the niagara river which flows on almost a perfect level with the fields and on the opposite or canadian side the tall pines were beautiful to behold as we drew near to the station at the falls the roaring of the mighty waters struck with great force upon our astonished ears and when we got out what astonished us more and more was the grand stampede of every person down the road in the direction of the great river no need to ask which way to go we had but to follow the sound at last through the tall trees we beheld the flying waters and there we saw niagara falls before us in all their grand and terrible array for about three-quarters of a mile above where we stood the rapids of niagara came thundering down the steep incline and the great waves leaped like the waves of a troubled ocean it was just one continuous and eternal yell i was completely dumbfounded i could do nothing but quote from the bible and shout the praise of the great creator but who heard me then for the rapids made such a noise that nobody else could hear 
the american fall on our own side is the smaller one the opposite or canadian fall which assumes the shape of a gigantic horseshoe is the grandest one the waters are deeply green and at the top are said to be eighteen feet deep oh my what a place it is to be sure we now crossed a light wooden bridge that connects our side with goat island this portion of the rapids of niagara was now just under our feet and it required all the nerve we had to allow us to even look down upon the flying yelling and most tremendous waters this is one of the places to which so many come for the purpose of committing suicide but we are christians my dear father and we could never think of doing such a very foolish thing my dear papa i shall have to stop now and continue my narrative at another time here comes tom home for his tea and our minister and his wife along with him our love to you all au revoir from your most affectionate daughter beulah lincoln i ran to the nearest box and posted my letter and in ten days received the following reply from my dear papa riverside hall near louisville june eighteen fifty five mrs beulah lincoln my dear daughter i duly received your nice kind and most welcome letter i am heartily glad to hear that you are both in good health and so very comfortable in every way i did not take your sudden leaving so much to heart as you might imagine i mean in the way of vexation but mrs jackson was so much disturbed that she has not recovered from the effects of it yet as she did not think you and tom would leave us however now that you have gone i wish you well and i enclose herein a post-office order for fifty dollars which is my wedding gift to yourself and tom please excuse my short letter you know i am not fond of writing please send me a letter at any time that you feel like writing i am your most affectionate papa lemuel jackson as far as my father was concerned then it seemed that we were safe from him at least we had nothing to fear End of chapter one